We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, but today doesn't feel that way. We are divided in more ways than one, and the media and the powers that be all have their own agenda. The people of this great nation no longer care about the truth, they only care about the side they are on. At Poor360, I am trying to change that, by bringing you the facts and history so we can all learn something and make our own decisions. Tune in every Tuesday to be a part of that journey. What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. Brought to you by the power of the Journey into Comics Network. This is the Journey Into Comics Podcast, the show that's 100% dedicated to everything nerd. With your hosts, the Podfather, Nate Phillips, the Podmaster, Brandon Stone, and the Journey Into Comics Network stepdad, Tyler McLaughlin. Time to make the Jimmy Chunks. Hey! Excellent! Finally. What did you do? <laughs> and here we go. Can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all of my press? This town needs an enema. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Journey into Comics. Today, it's Journey into Comics 312. I am your host, Nate, back with a smile on my face, feeling much happier today, less uh, sullen from uh, our, our last episode. But as always today, joining me, our favoritist JIC crew. Welcome back, Brando. What's up? Not much, man. How you doing today? I'm here, man, and uh, there's not really a whole lot new going on in my world, but, you know, just kind of rolling it through, man, trying to get through this crazy-ass year. We're almost there. We're almost there. And also joining us today, along for the ride of 2020, welcome back, our resident Patriots fan, T.Y. How's it going, bro? Well, hi there! Wow, that's, he's he's uh, very, I don't know what the word was, you were jubilant? Was that? I'm, fru- I'm frustrated uh, <laughs> because uh, not sexually oh, okay. or emotionally. I'm just technologically frustrated right now um, because if you're watching the video, you can see that uh, you know I look somewhat more uh, a, a little more high fidelity today, uh, high definition, as they say. HD City USA. But now I don't know how to figure out my fucking audio interface that uh, I had literally no problems with until like the last, I don't know, six weeks. It's just been progressively bothering me more and more, and now it's not acceptable to me that I can't figure it out. Maybe that interface is just cursed. Well, I hope not. Um, (laughs) I hope not. Yeah, true, true, true. But, uh, Man, you guys, let's just, we're going to kind of backtrack for just a second because last week's episode, like I said, a sad episode, talked about Chadwick Boseman's passing, 
mm-hmm. you know, all the amazing things he did. And, and I think we did a really nice job of um, trying to, from our perspective, people who didn't know him, wrap up what he meant to the to the bigger picture of the world. But today, we have actual news. We've got actual stuff that's been going on. I don't really know where we should start. I, you know, usually if if I if my memory is serving me correct, we like to start these kind of episodes with a comic book review. So, Brando, is that the plan for this day? Um, yeah. But did you see that Michael B. Jordan uh, did say something? About- no, I did not. Yeah. So, uh, like. Him and then um, was it Letitia? Letitia Wright. Letitia Wright. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, her thing. She did like a video where like she where she said you know like like something. But Michael G. Michael B. Jordan finally. Uh, it was about five days ago. So like it's so like it was like a little bit after the news broke. I hope this doesn't play. Don't play, you son of a. Oh, thank you, thank you. It it, it didn't play the autoplay because I have odd black uh, odd blocker or ad blocker on odd block odd odd blacker. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> Didn't roll off the tongue so good, Brando. That sounds kind of awful when you say yeah. it like that. Uh, but no, he he put up a long post, so I figure we'll start with that as a sure. kind of a to tie in and maybe wrap a bow on the on on, on Chabuk's passing because I read it and it was it's really touching. I really wish that we could have had it last week, but I, I completely understand that he needed his time to. To gather Processed. his thoughts and process. So we'll start off by reading this, and then if there's nothing else, then we will go into the comic review. And, and for the finale of the uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider series that we're doing. But this is from Michael B. Jordan's uh, Instagram. I've been trying to find the words, but nothing comes close to how I feel. I've, I've been reflecting on every moment, every conversation, every laugh, every disagreement, every hug, everything. I wish we had more time. One of the last times we spoke, you said we were we we were forever linked, and now the truth of that means to me, means more to me than ever. Since nearly the beginning of my career, starting with all my children when I was 16 years old, you paved the way for me. You showed me how to be better, honor, uh, honor purpose, and create legacy. And whether or not you've known it or not, I've been watching, learning, and constantly motivated by your greatness. I wish we had more time. Everything you've given the world, the legends and the heroes that you've shown us, will live on for uh, shown us we are, will live on forever. But but the thing that hurts the most is now is I is that I now understand how much of a legend and hero you are. Through it, through it all, you never lost sight of what you loved most. You cared about your family, your friends, your craft, your spirit. You cared about the kids, the community, our culture, and humanity. You cared about me. You are my big brother, but I never fully got the chance to tell you or truly give you your flowers while you were still here. I wish we had more time. I am I am more aware now than ever that time is short with people we love and admire. I'm going to miss your honesty, your generosity, your sense of humor, and your incredible gifts. I'll miss the gift of sharing space with you in scenes. I'm dedicating the rest of my days to live uh, to live the way you did, with grace, courage, and no regrets. Is this your king? Yes, he is. Rest in power, brother. Damn. Man. Uh 
Yeah, I uh, I do I do kind of want to throw one last thing out there because I feel like we sort of touched on it, but I keep hearing new things people are pushing, and honestly, I don't get it. Like, Letitia should become the next Black Panther. It's the most sensible in all facets. It allows for f- females uh, who have not been given an opportunity to feel strong to look even stronger. I mean, maybe they pe- certain people didn't resonate with Captain Marvel, you know, because it wasn't really a movie that touched everybody. But I've also now been hearing, oh, use the Infinity Stones, bring Killmonger back, and then make him Black Panther. Please don't. No. Just- if it's not going to be Shuri, which I know that's the that's that's what the big thing that people want is, if it's not going to be her, as I'm not sure if I said it last week, I would give it to Okoye. She was yeah. the glue that held Wakanda together during that five year period. You know, just like in the comics where you could have, you know, who's to say that like you know like Okoye wouldn't even want it, but that's why, but that's why she should have it. Shuri, she could have it, but she's kind of a different character. We would just fine. She could she could do great with it, or even great without it. And you, either way, you you still have her have great moments of like going into that far plane. Imagine them, I, imagine them doing that with Shuri and Chadwick, and like in the far plane, uh, to have a brother sister moment, one last brother sister moment that would tie that in. I don't know. I just, um, I feel like as of right now, uh, we shouldn't be arguing or talking about it. It's clear that they have delayed the movie so that, that way they could rework the script and the story that they were going to come up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should just kind of chill and let, let this kind of hit us and let it, uh, let, you know, let it kind of, you know, let us, let ourselves come to kind of peace with it before we turn on our, um, our, our nerd radar about and, and, and get critical about what we want to happen because what's going to happen is if we get too too soaked up into what we want to see happen, they're not going to do it, and then people are going to get are going to get angry about it. And so I think we just need to chill out a little bit and just you know, we'll, we'll like we'll all get through this together, us as fans, them as as as, as friends and family, and then of course the people who are going to be putting the second movie together. Well said, Brando. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's time, guys. We'll we'll shift focus off the sad, get into the the crazy and wild world that is this cosmic ghostwriter story. It's been a couple weeks. This uh, definitely since... will be lifting. Uh, yeah, yes, a l- a fully bit. fully lifting. Although there is no Jugger Duck, I don't think. No, I don't he is going to make any more appearances. So. No more Jugger Duck. That you know what well, though, you know what though, I do believe in my heart. That Jugger Duck lives within us all. Oh yeah, there's a little Jugger Duck in all of us. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, fellas. So we're gonna transition over to our comic. There yeah. we go. So I got our stuff up. We and this is issue five, I do believe. Yeah. The final issue of the main arc. Yep. Yes. Uh, whoever has the little uh, synopsis precursor, please feel free to catch our audience back up because my version does not have that. Um, I believe I, I believe the version I had of that was on my phone. The version that's on the computer, I don't have. Uh, just one second, and I'll get it pulled up here. Cool. Score. He may get to it before I do. Here I am. 
I'm doing all this stuff, and I'm like, I am not prepared down here. I got it. Cool. Uh, Frank Castle was a decorated Marine and an upstanding citizen when his family was killed in a mob hit. From that day, he was a force of retribution in life and in his roles after death as Ghost Rider, as Herald of Galactus, and as Thanos' right-hand man. Then Frank died for real, but was unable to rest knowing there was justice left to serve against the worst of the worst. Thanos himself. Traveling back in time, Frank decided to steal baby Thanos and try to raise him right. When that same Thanos, raised by Frank, arrived as an adult to show Frank that or Frank what his actions would bring about, it seemed that Frank had made the right decision. Life in the future was beautiful. Well, except for those who need to be punished. And that and catches that, us up uh, right there. Yep. Yeah, so, you know, since it's been a, a couple episodes since we had a chance to uh, finish this, uh, another thing that happened is that the past version of Frank and his, like, didn't lose his family. So, like, Frank sees, it, sees like, a younger version of himself mm-hmm. uh, with, with his wife and everything, and they're happy and they're living in this utopia. And it just doesn't make sense to him. It's like, if if I didn't lose my family, why is he letting you do this? And what I what I really like is that it's like, um, it it you know it's always it, 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 you've always been this monster deep down. You just needed the right thing to let it out. You know. The, losing them didn't change you, it like it basically allowed you. But then it's like, I I love in those moments. Uh, we we talked about it here on the show before that inner monologue that he has with himself. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been a lot of, I've seen a whole mess of different. I, I've been a whole. It's kind of hard to read on my phone. <laughs> I got to zoom in. I've been a whole mess of different things in my time. A son, a soldier, husband, father, widower, hero, vigilante, villain, vi- villain, vigilante, murderer, monster, devil. Technically, I, I was an angel once too, but I don't talk about. I don't talk about that too much. Been a herald of Galactus, pawn of the devil, and everything you can damn well imagine. And they're in an inch. They're in an inch. There ain't an inch of me. I ain't sold or broken. Not a sin I ain't committed. Not a day goes by where I don't think of all the people I could have saved or the things that I got wrong along the way. But if there's one thing I've learned in all my time, it's that it's okay to make mistakes as long as you only make them once. And I, I, I love it because the, it, because you know he's saying all these things while like he's on the ground and Thanos is like holding his hand out. It's like, join me. Accept what you were meant to always be, right? Mm-hmm. And I I, I, I I, like how this is just all in his head. He's not saying anything. Thanos isn't saying anything else. And he takes his hand, or, or like or appears to, and just basically blasts him off the edge of Utopia into the scoured world of damnation. 
And it's on. And then you have baby Thanos. Again, again. <laughs> and he's like, no, never again. And it's like, Fwah! he goes full on Super Saiyan Ghost Rider. It's like, Thanos, listen to me. No matter what happens, this isn't on you. You don't have to be anything you don't want to be. Remember that. And baby Thanos is like, I don't understand. You will or you won't. Either way, do me a favor. Don't watch me now. It was, mm. it, it's good shit. Really good shit. Ooh. Because, you know, here, here's the thing. Here's a guy. Here's a character. And Cosmic Ghost Rider who is so freaking powerful. And yet very rarely actually shows what he's capable of. It's very subdued. Yes. Because he, because he has to be. He has to be. And, and what, it, it looks like Thanos has his own, like, like military force or mercenary yeah, like the force. Than, the, the Punisher soldiers. Yeah. And he says, in case I wasn't clear, that was a no. <laughs> One thing that I, that we really haven't talked a lot about, especially now that we've got the end to the towards the end of this uh, series, is the the Thanos that we're seeing is doing everything that he's doing without the Infinity Stones. Yes. Um, you know, and, and and I feel like that's that's definitely worth mentioning. Uh, you know, Cosmic Ghost Rider just blasted Thanos off, you know, basically off of a cliff. Um, where 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 does the Infinity Gauntlet play into all of this? Um, you know, and I look forward to talking about that more later. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite lines, you know, Thanos, you know, is like responding to Frank where Frank's like, yeah, that's a no. It's like, then you die. And Frank says, I've been dead longer than you've been alive, boy. I like that he calls him boy. I know. Awesome. I, I'm not afraid of you. I'm done living on my knees. And then, of course, that's when Thanos ad ad like admits that's how you died last time. It's like, I remember the last time you said that to me. When I built this place, you defied me. Then I put you in a grave. We have done this dance before, Father. You lose this fight. What fight? And he basically Kamehameha is, is like, does this huge, it, it's literally a Kamehameha. He's actually like yeah. leaning back, <laughs> doing doing the freaking Hadouken right in his face. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and that's when he's like, do you have any idea how much I hold back to not destroy the worlds as I walk? I tried to change you, to change this. And Thanos is pleading with him. Please, you are not my son. My children are dead. And there's nothing that can change that. Nothing. And then, of course, he just lays waste. And then Thanos is naked. That blast just tore off all his clothes. Right. Well, yeah, and it decimated half of the city that they <laughs> were know, standing I in. I know. <laughs> and then that's Thanos, just like just like Tyler said. Without the, without the Affinity Stones, he lived through that. Yeah. He's like, is that all you have? No, you got a lot more coming. Penance, and he's doing that stare. It's it's the same stare that kind of enthralled the baby, and yep. the very first issue, or or was that second issue? I think it's first issue. Um, I think it's the yeah. 
It's like, gift then. A gift then. You've tried this trick before. Your penance stare does not work on me the way it does others. Unlike you, Thanos is not burdened with, with regret. Never said anything about a stare, boy. I said penance. The dude put so much energy into him, he obliterates Thanos, rips his skull off, and that's the only thing left of him. And then crushes it in his bare hands. He says, now that he, I, like, he powers down from a Super Saiyan Ghost Rider, and says, penance means punishment, you ugly son of a bitch. <laughs> and then crushes the skull in his hands. And then, like, some of the, like, people who are, like, who lived to that blaster watching, and he's like, oh, hey, you're free now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, I, I, yeah, this is what we're working with. Oh, yeah, it, no, like, so what do you guys think of that? Because that's just, like, throughout the comics and other iterations of this character that we've seen, uh, how, how many people can do this to Thanos? Less than five. Like, I think Gal Galactus might be maybe the only other one that's ever done anything like this to Thanos. I mean, this is just a level of badassery. Like, I did not expect this to end this way. At all. Like, I, I, I expected there to be a much, much harder fight. And literally, it was completely one-sided. Right. And I feel like a lot of that, you know, how Frank was talking about how he holds back... Um, he was probably triggered a lot with a lot of the stuff he saw, seeing his life as it was before and then having to relive all the decisions leading up to where he was to witness his life as it was untethered. And it probably broke him. And he mm -hmm. said, okay, I'm going to just end this how I need to end this. And everyone that told me in the first issue and the second issue that Thanos is a monster and can't be changed and that I was going to lead him down a darker path, well, they were fucking right. So I guess I'm going to have to clean up my mess now. And I'm done playing with the toys, as it were, uh, which I really, really loved about this. And the the just the he's very um, matter of fact in these final panels with the, you know, uh, getting the um, the return to, you know, get baby Thanos essentially from himself, which is the weirdest thing to say. I don't, didn't really even know how to say that, but like. <laughs> He, he's got to go like give me the kid back I got to go do what I got to do but I, I like the little tie in with Cable too how Cable kept coming back and coming back and coming back and coming back bringing in more guys more guys and then uh, that this gal's like are you him are you Frank Castle more or less yeah I guess so <laughs> who are you my name's Hope is Cable with you he's like uh, uh. Yeah, you know, uh, he'll, he'll he'll be along soon. He he kind of got tied up. Well, when you see him giving this, fixed it for him when he was gone. Uh, his running out of power on like on account of all the time jumps he made, huh? And then, so that's basically allows him to where he can now time travel to mm -hmm. go where he wants to go. And then of course he sees Frank Castle, the non gone through complete and utter shit. Of world and universe, Frank Castle, and and wife with baby Thanos, and she says, "Oh, Frankie's so cute." He's like, "Where'd you come from, little guy?" Thanos says, "Thanos has soiled himself. <laughs> <laughs> Put him down. 
put the baby down and step away slowly. You're here, man. Don't, you, it, 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 don't please don't hurt me. Don't beg. Don't ever beg. He takes the baby, starts walking away, and she recognizes him. Oh, and then he turns back and like has one beautiful look back at his wife and what was, mm-hmm. and then turns his back to the reality of what is. And it was a that was a really awesome one of my favorite lines. Shot one of my favorite lines. He's walking with Thanos, baby Thanos, and baby Sam Thanos. Like you're taking me back to uh, pit. You're 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 taking me back now, aren't you? I am. Then won't this timeline die? Yeah, it will. But at least they'll die with hope. Ooh, back to that issue two that's, callback. That's some really cool, good writing. That, but it's all, but it, it can also be played as a joke because Hope shows up four panels ago. Y- yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least she'll be there. <laughs> yep. Slide by two. And then he takes Thanos back and lays him back down in the crib, and it was like... He has more of that inner monologue stuff. I mean, this was just such a good series. I, I was not expecting... With how the series started, I mean, you know, when we read um, Craven's Last Hunt, and it kind of had a little mm-hmm. bit of a this. It took a little bit to get going, and then it hit a peak, and then it kind of came back down a little bit. Um, This is a, this was such a different story, because it started off so zany and wacky. And then it got even more ridiculous and then it got serious right there in like issue four mm-hmm. and then issue five kind of wraps it up and and then like and like, and like like a nice little bow and of course the inner monologue here is also just really great stuff he says I've been a hell of a lot of things in my time thought maybe if I went back and fixed the worst of them the, the fixed the worst one of them all it would mean that there would be hope for me too. Turns out that ain't the way life behaves. Maybe there's no fix for no easy fix for what I am, for what I become. I don't know where this new road of mine's going to leave me, but I know it ain't gonna start on it by killing no baby. And then he says a goodbye to Thanos. He says, I don't claim to understand none of this time travel stuff, but I'm praying like hell that maybe some of this got through to you, kid. And if not, well, I'll be seeing you around. Oh, and then uh, we get the lo- like p- perfect reveal of a character who I kind of expected to have some play in this story. Yeah. And they tethered right at the end beautifully as you hear a voice in the shadows say, thank you, Francis. And he's like, ah, for the love of fuck. Thanks for what? <laughs> he's all startled, and she's like, obviously revealing as death. Uh, well, someone had to teach the boy to kill. And then Frank just is like, <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Like, come on, man. And then he goes, can I ask you something? She says, of course. He says, why him? Why won't you just leave him alone? Can't there be a a, a second chance? And then she kind of gives us the reality of Thanos' story, which is the darkness, is that not with me, No. Once I have chosen a being as my living instrument on the mortal plane, I'm afraid there is I'm afraid their path is in stone. And I choose many children, Francis Castle. He says, Well, yeah, get in line, sister. I ain't done just yet. And then he walks off with 
big attitude towards his bike. I love it. Oh man, you that, think, that oh go no, ahead, buddy. go ahead. No, no, I was, I was, I was gonna <laughs> talk, say the inner monologue, but, but 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 add your thing on there. I do. You guys think that that Lady Death is insinuating that Frank Castle is someone that she has chosen? Yes. Mm-hmm. That that's that's what I was. That is one hundred percent how I felt. Yeah. Yeah, there there was kind of a little bit of a, a double entendre with, mm-hmm. the, with 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 the words that she was saying. But as Nate was saying, he was walking back to his bike with attitude, and he, and he says, "I don't know if there's redemption out there for something like me. Hell, I don't know if I deserve it. If there was, but honestly, fuck it. Only one way to find out." <laughs> and he takes off, <laughs> all super. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And it, it, it says Cosmic Ghost Rider will return in Guardians of the Galaxy number one. Mm, man. Uh, okay, so we're at book five, guys. We just uh, wrapped and covered that. Uh, I need to. I need to get your guys' like overarching thoughts. Uh, but just quickly to say. I loved book five because it is the perfect bow on a story that, um, you know what? I'm going to come out and say it. A lot of comics are pretty predictable. Oh, you know your heroes. You know where they're going. You know they're going to save the day. This did not have predictability because they kept throwing so many different things in. I mean, having all the different variations of the Guardians, having Cable doing all the time travel stuff, all those decisions led to a really fun story that... Um, kind of stands as a brilliant standalone that they could build on and who knows you know 25 years down the road you might have somebody eventually who's played frank castle and they give him all these crazy storylines and eventually we get a cosmic ghost rider on the big screen i mean it's a long shot mm-hmm. obviously but how cool would it be to see some form of this story told on the screen it would it would it would captivate people would be into it for sure it would be interesting just to just to see the big scene of all those different characters, the big like it would be like the the antithesis of the end game portal scene, because instead of everybody coming to save the day, everybody's just getting shellacked. <laughs> They're just getting murdered. <laughs> <laughs> and every time Cable comes back, he's older, got a longer beard. It would almost it, see uh, what a lot of the stuff about this series is very slapstick, and. Uh, it's very well written from that perspective because the overall the overall theme of it's very serious, but it's just the way that Frank handles it is usually just very ridiculous, and will and that makes it fun to read because it shows a dynamic of the Punisher of Frank Castle that I'm just not used to seeing, like in any form. I'm used to him being the very morose, very downtrodden, ridden in his own guilt, uh, in vengeance. You know, willing to like take a drill to a motherfucker's eye, put a guy's head in a fryer. Right, but at this point, he has done so much, seen so much, gone through so much shit that there's literally nothing else for him to really. He's just, he's just crazy. And and I and I like that because if you ever had a, a chance for a person to play a character, like one of the things that makes actors disinterested in playing characters is the fact that where do they take the character next? What do they do next? It's like you played the character for four films. What is there to left? What, what is there? Even though even though the that character may take part in more stories, what does it do for that character? Is is that character just there to be that character, 
Or is there something else to, for that actor to sink his teeth into? A lot of times when actors walk away from roles, they're like, I'm kind of done with it. I, I'm bored with it. I, I'm right. tired of playing the same guy. And I want, you know, some of them get involved and they say, hey, let's try to do this. Just like they did with um, uh, Hemsworth, uh, with, you know, with the Thor in, in, in Ragnarok. And then uh, also in Endgame, it's like, hey, and in and, and Ragnarok, it was a bit silly and slapstick. And then in Infinity War, it was all serious. And he became a badass, you know, like at, at the end of Ragnarok and in the Infinity War. And then what do you do with him in Endgame? You know, he fucked up. He made the biggest mistake, and it's all on him. He blames himself. So what does he do? He goes and, and, and recluse, eats pizza, drinks beer, plays video games, and watches you know Cinemax or whatever. And and, and that's all he's going to do because he, he, he's lost all will. So even, even though that whole thing is silly with him being fat, as an actor, for Hemsworth to be like, this is another version of this character I haven't played yet. This guilt-ridden version of the character who who was the most powerful avenger at that point failed to save the day and how he was is now he... emotionally traumatized yes and, and which is why it, it's so great to see him with his mom and then the scene where he he has to be the one to snap his fingers to bring everybody back they're gone because of me i'm a damn god i can survive this like it doesn't have to be you yes it does he wanted that so bad and uh, so to have a situation with a cosmic ghost rider, it would be awesome. But I mean, you're literally you would have to, from a cinematic standpoint and from a creative standpoint, make a Punisher. You'd have to start it from the beginning, or at least as close to the beginning as you could get it, because we've because we've had several iterations of the Punisher. We already know his family dies. That would, but man, how how worthwhile would it be though to watch this? You know, grow. for the next. For the next ten years, mm-hmm. watch someone uh, take the role of Frank Castle and 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 become Frank Castle and 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 fully embody everything that the Punisher is, and then we get to see that character that we know and love, or or, or maybe we don't love him. Maybe there's so much of an anti-hero that we actually don't enjoy them. You know that it it makes us uncomfortable, and you know it it, it it's um it creates a good dichotomy with like every other hero that's on screen. You know, they're the good guys. He's doing the same thing, but he's not a good guy. Yeah. Um, and watch them literally go to hell and become, you know, the ghost rider. I, I, I think it would be incredible. It would be absolutely fantastic, but I feel like you would have to have that mindset from the get go. Right. You'd have to know your destination. And, Plant it, the seeds early to do it right. Yes, and then when you get the actor on board, you pretty much need to tell them, "Here's where we're starting, and then here's where we're going." And it, because that's a great, that's a huge commitment. You know, we live in such a blessed generation of movies of of of, of cinematic uh, greatness, where we have a ten year series where we had the same actors for the most part, at least the main guys of. Iron Man, Captain Thor, they played those characters for ten years, right? In different crossovers, different shit. You know, seeing Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark go for where go from where he started to where he ended. That is a journey that didn't really have a plan when they first started it. Didn't even know that that was going to be the end uh, until they started gearing up towards those two movies. That's where we're that's how we're going to end it. So props to the you know, props to the freaking writers. Uh, of those two movies 
because they also wrote the you know the Captain movies and they were embedded and they were along for the ride for who these characters were and where they were going. Right. Because if you were just to, to, to give it to a bunch of new writers every time, well, you have a show guy or like a producer says, this is where we're going. It may not have the same feel because Endgame had so many callbacks to all the stuff that they were involved with. A lot of stuff you don't even catch the first time you watch it. Right. No, to get something like this told the right way would be amazing. Uh, and that makes me feel like it's not really going to happen. Uh, maybe, right. in, maybe in like an animated form, it would be cool to do like a Marvel adult animated form. So, um, no, I'm not sure what else to say other than to kind of give our, give our rank and move on to the next one because the next, because SG five is the end of this series, but there's a little addendum. Uh, if you get the uh, trade paperback, the epilogue, if you will. Yeah. With uh, Thanos Legacy number one, but well, like, what would you guys uh, give this? Um, because me personally, I believe on, on the last episode we talked about story, art, and then overall. Mm-hmm. I guess is it, it. Um, man, story, story for this one, man, I'm. I'm teetering because it's either going to be like high fours or right, right up to five on all three, because 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 the artwork was so good, especially with the like 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 the combat scenes, and consistently that, good. Yes. Yeah, with that, with, you know, you know, with those Kamehamehas. I mean, there's not much else to see other than that that we haven't already seen, but the combat scenes were were great. The story wrap up was again un- unpredictable because we didn't expect that to be such a a big one-sided fight. We you know, we knew the fight was coming, but did not expect it just to be all him. Thanos didn't land a single second of offense. No. Zero. Zero. And that's what's so interesting about it. Like, But then the overall like story of him realizing of this whole this whole spiel of his, it was just misguided, and he can't do it. If, if, if what he's going to do results in this, he can't do it. And... Um, Overall, even though it's like a, it ends up being a, being a non-story, and it ends up being a kind of a, a like a long what if, altered timeline type deal. I feel like it was, um, it was something that that Frank had to go through. It's something that he had to um, settle with it himself. With, with 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 everything that that he has done, like he just said, he doesn't know. Like he wanted to make, I don't know, peace or something. And he doesn't really know how to do it. And he thought this was the way. And then it kind of come to him. No, it's not. But I don't know what that is. But, you know, I guess we'll find out. No. Keep trekking on down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say, you know what? <clears throat> 4.75 across board. That That's that's what I was going to say. You know, uh, you know, I, I don't need to repeat everything that Brandon just said because it's exactly what I was already going to say. Um, the combat was impeccable. Uh you know the, the the art throughout the whole series has been so bright and vibrant, and you know for me at least when I think about um, anything that pertains to the Punisher or anything that pertains to the Ghost Rider, it's like okay I'm gonna see lots of blacks uh, as far as color schemes, lots of black, lots of white, and lots of red orange, and this is this is not, not that. Oh man, it's the, uh, the background it's, skies and. Mm-hmm. 
uh, for some of these panels, like 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 the panel where they're reaching up and getting ready to touch each other's hands, mm-hmm. with that purple and orange, like that that sunset. I was like, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, it, it's it's flawless, you know, yeah. and it, and it, it's not, um, it's not typical comic book, just standard background imagery. Um, so four point mm-hmm. seven five, I think, is more than fair. Uh, I mean, come on! This series gave us Jugger Duck. Yeah, yeah. What, what mean, more can you ask for? <laughs> um, final thoughts on this for me. I agree that the rating of four point seven five is fair. There is part of me though that does want to just a five, mainly because of how much I enjoyed it when I wasn't expecting. Not to say that I thought it was like a bad pick or something, but this to me seemed like a, a risk doing cosmic ghostwriter either the story is going to be really good which we found out it was it also definitely had the possibility to go off the rails quickly which it didn't and that makes me really appreciate the overarching story and you know we're obviously going to talk about the last book that really finally wraps everything up into a bigger picture so yeah i'm just going to stick with 4.75 with you guys i think that's a perfectly fair fair assessment for sure. So overall, like me, be, uh, be, because the next issue is an epilogue and doesn't it doesn't necessarily tie into the story of this because that was done after this. I, I do believe, right? Yeah. Um, what would you guys give the like just on a overall single number for all five issues as a as, as like a series? Five out of five. I agree. Same. I agree. It it it's absolutely crazy. It's insane. It's funny. It's stupid. It is <laughs> also really clever with its callbacks and wittiness. Very clever, very well written. Um, yeah, no, it it somehow reaches a balance. I I and I I kind of echo Nate's sentiment. I knew nothing about this going in. This was something that when Tyler submitted it as a as, as a choice for us to do, I'm on board with reviewing about anything. I don't care. Like we'll read it and we'll talk about it and review it. You know, and being a you know coming on and being a part of you know Craven's Last Hunt and reading that through for the really for the first time for me, all the way through, yeah, to sit there and or at least in like in like analyze it, but to come on to to do this one right after that, um, it this was a blessing. This was an absolute blessing. It it gave us the gift of Jugger Duck, which is going to be the gift that keeps on giving. forever quack yeah fucking you know quacking his way quack. you know in the marvel hall of fame in fact if you go and search google search jugger duck our coverage of jugger duck comes up with yeah go go image search jugger duck I'm and fucking doing it our, right now our thumbnails show up our logos show up jugger duck is going to be synonymous with the journey into comics podcast and uh Man, he should just become our mascot. I, I, I'm thinking so. Yep, right there it is. Yeah. Doesn't podcast. that give you a warm feeling inside? Fuck yeah. It's right at the top. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, YouTube. Absolutely. We're at the top, baby. The crazy thing, too, is if you keep scrolling through that image search, there's a lot of uh, Journey into Comics network stuff that yeah up, i'm not really too to sure Jugger duck somehow i'm not yeah, i'm not so sure because because there's, there's like a port 360 and podcastrophe logo that pops up and damn it we found Jugger duck first 
mm-hmm. Juggerduck forever. Quack. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I really appreciate you guys, uh, you know, taking the leap of faith and, and um, not being super critical uh, of this right out of the gate. I, you know, I, I stumbled upon it. I've, I've liked both of the characters pretty much my entire life uh, when they were separate. And then I just happened to stumble upon um, the combination of Frank Castle and the Ghost Rider. And wait, this what what's he doing? Oh, he's hunting Thanos as a baby. Um, wh- why would I not want? And, and, and it's in space. Yeah. <laughs> why, That's why the would cosmic I, part. A, yeah, it's like. Um, it's like an episode of fucking Flash Gordon or something. Like, <laughs> what? This? Why would I not want to read this? And um, you know, and, and I told you we talked about it, uh, like issue one, issue two. I was not. Uh, I, I personally was not super optimistic. You know, I thought it was just going to be, um, you know, almost satire, where it was just going to be making a joke out of the character. And I, I couldn't have been more wrong. And I'm really glad that. I'm really glad that we 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 followed it all the way through because it, it was very rewarding for me. Um, and you know, like I, I told Brandon when he was over here, I told Nate, I bought. I mean, I've got it right here. I bought the entire series of um, Ghost Cosmic Ghost Rider kills the Marvel Universe. So, uh, like, I, I I now have a a. Um, a, a, a real and true um, love for this character because of this. You're going to have to go get all of his appearances now, mm-hmm. which means you got to move on to Guardians now, too. I thought about it. And get that Thanos Legacy number one, which we're about to be talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brando, do you have the slide pulled up for that? Has the new uh, switch over happened yet? In three, two, one. So, you know, I am really the person that caused us to have to read this because when i got the version that i have to read thanos legacy number one came at the end of the book yeah so i was like oh there's a sixth book we have to read and then it wasn't cosmic ghost rider it was thanos legacy one and um obviously thanos being removed from the timeline seeing all the stuff he saw being put back into his own timeline and everything that comes after gets really beautifully placed into this story of Thanos that we kind of already know. The Thanos legacy story offers less about what we don't know about Thanos and more reaffirms who he was. And I, you know, just to get right right into it, I love how, first of all, the amazing cover of him standing with the statue of him between the versions of death and the universe behind mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And it looks like a pool of blood in front of him, I'm thinking. Well, it, and it flows down from the from Thanos the arms statue. of the chair, yeah. Oh. Uh, but really cool imagery. Uh, in the you know, first full panel it's Thanos on a throne here, the and it says Thanos legacy. And there's a little uh, monologue from, I'm guessing, the narrator saying, uh, Thanos, as it has been said by some, is the inevitable end of all things. 
But when his time lumbering across this universe comes to its bloody and eventual end, when all is said and done, at the end of his horrid reign, what will be the legacy of the Mad Titan? And, you know, it goes on to, you know, start to kind of show some of his conquests. It says, as fate would have it, Thanos recently killed his own legacy. The Titan was stolen out of time and taken to the future by a cosmic-fueled spirit of vengeance whose story is hardly worth noting. (laughs) (laughs) That fucking broke me. I was like, oh, back to being funny about it. Um, There, Thanos came face to face, rather literally, with his ultimate failing and his greatest tragedy, himself. At the end of time, Thanos melt the Elder King Thanos, a broken titan brought low by his endless pursuit of power and death. Um, That particular story has been told, that chapter closed, and really, the less said about it, the better. But for the purpose of this tale, it should be known that in the end, Thanos won. He denied his own future. He unmade his own end. But Thanos is not, as we will soon see, immune to the truest end of all things. No, for all of his immortal will and murderous drive, the story of the Mad Titan will end the same way all of our stories will end. But first, a Requiem. And then it takes you back. And you get to kind of see some of the stuff that happened. So uh, I don't know if the audience who's viewing is able to see what's going to be page four which has got some pretty cool visuals, uh, Thanos with Mjolnir mm-hmm. and a very dead silver surfer. Yep. And an old Thanos and a very jacked, pissed-off-looking Thanos. Oh, yeah. And, some really cool imagery here. <laughs> and, you know, it, it is funny. At first, I'm, like, looking at that, I'm like, man, Thanos killed Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> but no, yeah, he definitely no. has that vibe. No, Ripped but, his damn arm off. Yeah, but no, that's Silver Surfer. The armless Manhattan sounds like a drink you would buy in the city. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that got me. Oh, but somebody is begging Thanos not to do this, and you learn that it's the old King Thanos. And he's like, Thanos, do not do this. Do not leave me crippled and broken and alive. You're only dooming yourself. This is your fate. You're sealing boy. This is your end. We cannot die. Do you know what that means? And he's like, Oh yeah. And, um, Thanos, you know, soldiers on, uh, should we just keep kind of reading through what's going on here? Do you want to kind of skip forward or no, I think we should keep kind of going on because, um, so, so like this panel, this page is the last one that the audience is going to be able to see. I can't put up every page, guys. Um, sure. Not going to do that. Uh, as always with these comic reviews, I'm putting up the first couple pages to kind of give you a, a glimpse of what the art looks like, a little bit of what, where we're going with the story. But we'll continue on because, um, the, because the narrator takes back over. It's like, but he did not know what it meant. Not really. He swore to his future self that he would, they would work until he was ash and bone to erase him. And Thanos meant it, as, as, as he means everything. But in the million lifetimes, he could not have known what course his actions would plot that day. Nevertheless, Thanos faced his end. 
and he turned his back on it, and he walked away. But where did Thanos go? How did he erase himself? Did the Mad Titan change his ways? Is it possible that his time in the future, the vision of the pitiful end, of his, of his pitiful end, cooled his vicious and tyrannical heart? Is there a chance that Thanos looked inside of himself and realized that after hundreds of years of single-minded devotion to death and disarray, that perhaps finally, after all of this time, he would, could, he would finally rest? The answer, of course, is no. Instead, I love real quick here in this art that the people aren't seeing. They brought the Chitari. Mm -hmm. So you're getting a little bit of a, uh, you know, a reintroduction to the Chitari here, which yep. I like. Instead, Thanos' quest to kill his own future began not with peace and inaction, but with a petty act of vengeful maintenance. I like that. Vengeful maintenance. <laughs> Those are two words I've never read together. Uh, in the most horrid place imaginable. Las Vegas. <laughs> and then, so we, we come into this panel. Uh, you know, we get the reveal of what the most uh horrible place uh or the most horrid place imaginable is it's las vegas uh we see thanos beating the fuck out of mephisto and uh in the bottom right corner this is one thing i will say that i do like about this and i'm glad that we decided to read this is in the bottom right corner of this panel we get a little bubble that says mephisto was trapped in a uh, vegas penthouse in dr strange damnation number four is that what that says? Yep. Yep. Yep, number four. So now it gives you an incentive to read another series. I like when comics do that. When when they're mm -hmm. tying into something else, they'll put a yep. little thing in the bottom to let you know, hey, there's this kind of ties into this thing that happened over here. Go check that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I was like that. What the hell, Thanos? What has Mephisto done? I like how, of course, Mephith Mephisto is going to talk <laughs> in the fucking third person. <laughs> What has Mephisto done? Is this about Hela's upcoming nuptials? Because I had nothing to leave Frank Castle alone. Who? And then, <laughs> and then, and like Mephisto is obviously fucking confused. But like, you get this. Like, I got this um, overwhelming sense of, oh, he did make a difference. You know, the Frank, moment that, yeah. that the moment that he said, "Leave Frank Castle alone," you know, so. I'll let somebody else jump in there. Uh, uh, yeah, Mephisto says, "Who? You heard me, devil. Leave him be, and you should, and you should be, and if you should need reminding, Thanos will be happy to." And he's stepping back into the portal. What did you say about Hella? Bloop. Check out Thor number four to find out more. <laughs> that rhymes. I like it. Uh, uh, back on Chitari Prime. Uh, back to the narrator, it says, and so with this last petty and ultimately fruitless action behind him, Thanos set his sights once again on his destiny and how uh, best to murder it. Upon his arrival to his native timeline and after assaulting the devil, Thanos became aware of the reemergence of the Infinity Stones, as T.Y. had alluded to earlier. Uh this, he thought, was how he would deny his future. With the gauntlet reassembled, the Mad Titan would break the hands of destiny and reclaim his fate. But as Thanos would soon learn, 
from gods and demons to titans and kings, fate makes fools of us all. He knew it. He knew it was her the moment she set foot on Chitari Prime. How could he not? He knew it was the very second her sword dipped into the frozen sand and kicked her scent into the atmosphere. He knew it in the near impossible sound of her footfalls. Forged in his image, she is the deadliest woman alive. She is the sword he sees in the world. She is Gamora. The answer at long last to the billion-year-old riddle. What did Thanos do to erase his future? He died. Oh! I love that panel. That's so epic. You know, it just, like, strikes just him getting mm-hmm. from behind, just gutted through the heart. Uh, and he falls, and as he's falling, he's smiling. He's, he's actually gleeful. And it says, and so here, at the end of the Titan's dreadful reign, the answer to another question. What will be the legacy of the Mad Titan? That one is fairly simple and really quite obvious, really. His legacy is and always has been death. Death and, well, moments later, you'll see. And who do we get reappearing at the (laughs) severed decapitated head which has been taken away by Gamora it looks like um, other than Frank who is full Ghost rider out taking a piss on the body of Thanos <laughs> a, a, a flame riddled piss mm-hmm. he's pissing oh. flames and then he says it's about damn time zip he's all yours moment. boys eat up and then all the little hellhounds and shit they're all just start eating the corpse of Thanos and one of them goes uh, from all the little sound effects snarl chomp shirip splotch ping and I like he like ping boom It, it, it was like some sort of like bomb or something he had planted into himself yeah. And um, he's like, it, it splues just body parts everywhere. What the fuck? Careful, Ryder. His body's booby trapped. Yeah, and how the fuck would you know that? Because <laughs> he's my brother. Now move. Ah. Hey, you're. What's that say? Eros? Eros. Eros. Okay. Sorry. On my screen, I almost look like, like, like a beast. It's like, hey, you're bros. <laughs> I originally thought that it was bros until I zoomed in. <laughs> I like it better as bros. I'm Frank. Most people call him, most folks call me. I know who you are, Ryder. Everyone knows who you are. How did you know to, to how did you know to be here? Same way you did, I imagine. I just felt it. I knew he was dead. Precisely. You're you're you as connected to him as I am. Where's his head? Gone when I got here. Must have been taken by uh Whoever set him on fire, I reckon. <laughs> As he's the guy. <laughs> he's the dude who just spits fire on him. Right. Well, we need to fix that next. Or or we need to find that. We'll need to find that next. And he ends up slamming uh, this, this dagger. <laughs> Brutal. 
Hey, not that Junk. I. <laughs> hey, not that I give a fuck, but what the fuck are you doing? Retrieving something before it sets off an end game that will burn this universe to the ground. I'm afraid my lost brother has has a war wrapped around his heart. Oh, hold on. No, stop Wait. moving around. Wait, does what does <laughs> what could be inside an old dead piece of shit that would that like that would ignite a war? His will. Oh. Euro's pulling out the like grimy uh com link that has like Thanos' will, you know, inscribed into it or whatever. Or programmed into it or however they're gonna do it. Yeah. This was very interesting to read. Uh for sure. Uh as 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 I was reading along on this one. And, and literally, we, we read you guys the whole thing because you, you almost have to, mm-hmm. like, to review yeah. it. There's a lot to to digest here. But I wasn't really too sure where we were going with it and how it tied in, you know, and until we get all the way to the end. You know, it's like, okay, so what are we doing here, you know? Uh, by, by that notion, I would have to say... I'm interested, but also did not like it as much as the, the, the as the series proper. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the it was just it as an epilogue to that story. It was a lot because I because I feel like it's a setting off point to tell a whole new story. Uh, that only has like a a nod and a wink to the other story. Nate, what now? So, what do you think? For sure. Uh, well, like I said, I read this before I even told you guys it was something that needed to be read. Yeah. So I was like big hyped on it for a lot of different reasons because I thought it told a really, like I said initially, you already know a lot of Thanos' story, so to try to retread that water is unnecessary. This is kind of giving you a few fixed points in time to lead you to the end and really bounce around to get you where the story needed to get you to, like you said, to set off whatever is coming next. And they actually just say to be continued. So I don't know if Thanos Legacy 2 was a thing and and so on. I didn't really research into that. Now, maybe that's something worth also checking into, but uh, I I just loved the inevitably who steals the show of this book. It's Frank. It's not anything that Thanos did. It's not Gamora killing Thanos. It's Frank showing up to piss on the body of a decapitated Thanos. Like <laughs> the fact that I'm even saying that steals the show in and of itself. No, it so, does. No, it does, uh, and it and it does tie into the, you know, in, 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 into the other story completely. When when he tells him, hopefully some of this sunk in. If it didn't, I'll see you around. And <laughs> when he sees him next, he's pissing flames on his did on. About time. <laughs> no, um, overall, it, like it was pretty good. A, a lot of cool stuff, kind of. And I'm kind of teetering on what I should give this. I mean, I'm gonna come out and just tell you my rating's a four because it's it's kind of its own thing. It does yeah. have a nice story. It is the start of a story while also somehow being an epilogue to a story. So it's four. A, it, uh, I, I do have more information re- okay. pertaining to Thanos Legacy. Go for sure. it. Thanos Legacy is a one-shot story drawn by Brian Level and written by Donnie Cates. So, ah, so therefore, like a, it, I, I like with Donnie coming in, it, it, it 
he he's able to tie it in pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is a unless they decide uh, different. Uh, this is essentially just a standalone story. It says. Thanos Legacy aims to bridge the gap between the end of the last Thanos run, now commonly referred to as Thanos Wins, uh, and the events of Infinity Wars, specifically the opening issue, Infinity Wars Prime. So this, Thanos Legacy number one, is like, if you think of, um, you know, the, uh, like the big, uh, man, what am I trying to think? Like uh, when when someone's doing like an investigation and it's like okay this guy's connected to this guy and this the big guy's board with all this. the little yes uh, yes and pins yeah you know you know they've got the the, the red string that connects yep. everybody um I'm a I'm a I'm a primate so I don't know what that is technically <laughs> called other than the big board um but I think it's really really unique and I'm gonna give it a four and a half just because of that you know. It is a stepping off point for multiple series and it you know it's not entirely necessary for the 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 series that we just read but it it, it's very satisfying for me of that or or especially with that moment of you you leave frank castle alone and that happens right before thanos dies so it's like man this fucker knew he had to do this now you know it means something yeah so and you know the to go back to the art too like especially with something that it that that is so um like um you know as far as contrast goes the the series that we just read is so different looking yep. than the one than this the standalone issue um, you know, it, it makes it easier to appreciate, I think. No, I agree, but I also like how when they bring Frank in, the the art for Frank and everything st- stays kind of mm-hmm. true to, to to what we've just seen as well. So, uh, on, no, on art, I definitely give it a four and a half. I think story, I'd give it a four overall. Be about four four and a quarter. I think that's fair for sure. Um, yeah, but. Um, yeah, uh, a, a nice little uh, tidbit. As you said, it kind of branches off a bunch of different little things. You could go back and read stuff that led up to it. It, it, it that That's something that in comic books is so hard. Uh, and that's why those, why those little windows are, are really cool. It's, be, it's, it's to have complete continuity. So Absolutely. And, and, you know, the really beautiful thing is Marvel's been doing the continuity thing with the, oh, check out this other book and what we mean by this all the way since the beginning of them really doing superhero stories mm-hmm. and even before and some of the early tales to astonish is that they were doing that as well so um it, mm-hmm. it is great uh i will say i just saw a headline that i that just popped up mm-hmm. that is marvel related that i okay i'm i'm interested now so i don't know if our audience knows this or not brando i don't know if you know this but singer akon has announced plans for a $6 billion real-life Wakanda to be built in Senegal. The singer, I don't know if he alone or if he's got investors, are going to be essentially, uh, it says this, music Mongol uh, mogul Akon is bringing Black Panther to life by building a city based on Wakanda. 
recording artist announced his plans on social media and is already a third of the way towards raising the six billion dollars needed to complete the city. I like how you kind of had a Freudian slip and you called him a music mongol. <laughs> Just like I have one earlier on in the show where, where, where I said odd blacker <laughs> instead of ad block. Okay, so Nate, please tell Tyler your story uh, to catch him up because now that he's back. Sure. So I already read the headline. I just started this. So here we go. T.Y. Music mogul Akon is bringing Black Panther to life by building a city. He's building fucking Wakanda. He's making Wakanda. Six billion. The recording artist uh, announces his plans on social media and is already a third of the way towards raising the six billion needed to complete the city. Senegal will play host to the Mecca and people on social media were thrilled to see the concept. Uh, The kind of, it says... Afrofuturism that made Black Panther really sing on screen is everywhere in the renders on Akon's site. He called it an honor to be in the same breath as the dazzling fictional city, especially after Chadwick Boseman's, Boseman's passing. So the system back home treats them unfairly in so many different ways that you can ever imagine, and they only go through it because they feel there is no other way. So if you're coming from America or Europe or elsewhere in the diaspora, then you need to feel that you, yeah, uh, then you feel like you want to visit Africa. We want Senegal to be your first stop. So, Ty, when Nate started reading this, he had a Freudian slip and said, "Akon, music Mongol." He's <laughs> Akon. Akon is the music music Genghis Khan coming in to make yes. Wakanda. He's in. He's invading mainland China or mainland uh, Japan. <laughs> Whoa. Oh. oh shit. That I, yeah, I saw that I saw awesome. that a couple days ago and I thought it was fucking wild. But you know, like Akon, since he hasn't done anything for a decade except uh do humanitarian aid in Africa mm-hmm. and partner with people on like headphone manufacturer. Like the guy's got the money to do it, so why not? About it. I'm all about it. Mm. <laughs> I thought Nate was having a stroke. And, uh, <laughs> like, like, you know, normally I'm looking at myself on my little Zoom call uh, just to make sure that I'm not looking like an idiot or I have something on my face or, you know, thanks, anxiety. But uh, I just happened to look down at Nate, and Nate was like, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just yeah. Nate, are you okay? I am fine. Do you I, need an adult? Yes, I'm good. And unlike the bat, I am still, as far as I know, COVID negative. Uh, as that was a headline that kind of swept through this week, mm-hmm. not really unseen, but like, man, what a crazy few weeks for the nerd culture we get the amazing news that the batman movie is going to be happening we get the awesome trailer everybody's jazzed for it and then robert pattinson has corona i guess it happened they just started filming again and and then yep. he went you know and then he ended up coming down so hopefully he, you know he can recover pretty quickly and get on uh you know get back to work and hopefully he'll be all right i do know that the rock came out and said his whole family was was affected and uh, not with Robert Pattinson having it, but <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but they had it in themselves. Yeah, uh, 
context is key there. But there's a guy that I follow on on YouTube. Is he a music mongol? He is not a music mongol. He's he's a guy <laughs> that does streams and stuff like that. But I saw that you know, he got COVID earlier on in the year. I can't remember when. We might have been on quarantine. It might have been right after quarantine. Uh, but five months later, yeah, so like about five months ago, or like, he's still having complications. Who he, is? Uh, uh, this guy, maybe it wasn't five months. Maybe it was like 56 days. 56 days since he's had COVID. Um, I got to find it, and, and I'm hoping no auto things play. Cause oh, yeah, you said a, a streamer you watch. Yeah, yeah occasionally. I, I I don't really watch all this stuff, but you know, but he's done a lot of like uh, Resident Evil stuff when the RE2 came out, so I watched some of his, his stuff for that and, uh, you know, have been entertained by him. And, 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 and he put out like this little uh, story up on his YouTube thing where he has pneumonia now. And he had, and uh, he went and had to have a, a, an X ray done on his like on his chest, and it's in you know, his said his left lung is in is in pretty bad shape. Um, Jeez, and that, uh, that be, because of the severity, they're basically treating him like he's in the ICU, so he doesn't end up in the ICU. Um, so wow. he's on very very aggressive treatment right now with steroids and uh, and all that all that jazz. So. You know, this stuff's nothing, you know, like, a lot of people don't, they, they, they don't take it seriously because they, it, because it doesn't affect them. Because Fox News tells them it doesn't affect them. Or, or that their kids are immune or whatever. But uh, there's so many people that don't take other people's health important, you know, you know, they don't see, they don't, as long as they're okay, that's all they care about. And when you have loved ones who have had complications and died or, or you, you, you hear like, Oh hell, you know, I hear yet that it's just the sniffles or you just get a cold. And for some people, that's all it is. And that's, what's so crazy about this thing. You know, it's like some kids, they just get a cold, but guess what? They're still passing around to us. You know, um, last night, me and me and my wife are sitting there watching, Watching the new Bill and Ted, which we need to finish. Uh, we 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 didn't get a chance to finish it last night, but uh, it's very good. No, I like it. I I, I only have like a half hour left. Um, oh, nice. But uh, she said that he sneezed earlier today, like right before bed. And since he's been in bed, he sneezed and he's coughed a couple different times. And my wife is like, I'm at the point where I'm counting sneezes. You know, is it nothing? More than likely. Sure. But with everything that we've read and heard and seen, for, for in some cases, this is what it's looked like, looks like in kids. Just like a little allergy thing, you know? And that's why it's like, especially with the season changing and everything, you know, I wake up every morning now with like a stuffy nose and I'm coughing and hacking up stuff out of my system. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm okay, Brando. You're okay. You're not dying yet. You know? But that's just what scares me is that, like, if somehow he picked it up somewhere, which I don't know how, is we don't, we have not gone anywhere to do anything <laughs> around people with the kids. And, uh, but if I brought it home and he got it and now we all have it, well, I can't go to work. 
and they're not paying me for that whole period. They're paying me. I, 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 I'm not even sure how that officially works because I, I need to ask somebody who has gone through it. Mm. But man, that's terrifying. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know, uh, sorry to get kind of real here. At, like, like <clears throat> as we kind of gone off of that Robert Pattinson thing, I don't really have a much more to talk about for today as far as news goes. News is a little light. However, there was something that I found yesterday that I think that you guys will enjoy and that our audience, if you need to lighten up your day, go watch this video because it'll definitely bring a smile to your face. And it is the one and only Gilbert Gottfried. Reading the lyrics to WAP. <laughs> oh, man. That made me uh, so happy when I found it. <laughs> and uh, somebody uh, somebody on Twitter, I think it was uh, Re- the former Renee Young, she said, I just saw this. And I'm like, I have to see this. So I went and searched it, and I found it, and it was on like a serious XM thing. And he's just there, and he, and he reads like the whole first verse. And it's... It's amazing. I also found a crossover, a uh, mashup, if you will. Uh, I'm a big fan of mashups. There's some uh, guys. Is it him and, and Ben Shapiro? Both? Okay. So it's a mashup. The music is Devil Went Down to Georgia. Okay. And the lyrics, the vocals are WAP. And they even put little snippets of Ben Shapiro in every once in a while. And you it's. just done this to me. It. And once we're off air, I'll screen share it and let you guys hear it. Okay, sounds so, like a good because deal. I can't play it here. I'm not going to steal the. I'm not going to steal from the guy. I'm not going to do that. I want you guys go look up DJ Cummerbund. He is one of the most awesome mashup dudes. Every single thing that he's done is absolute fire. He has an he has an unhealthy obsession uh, obsession with Macho Man Randy Savage, which is awesome. Oh yeah, he just puts randomly in his in his mashups. Oh yeah, it just. <laughs> Um, he even got he even got like Mean Gene Okerlund before he died to do like his little like announcement thing for in front of all his videos. It's like Mean Gene saying DJ Cumberbund. It's like nice man. No, go watch that because that was like every once in a while he'll put up one that I'm just not really into. But there are sometimes he puts ones up. I'm like I don't know how he got these two to go together because because sometimes the mashups are just taking the same like songs that have the same BPMs or similar. And putting them together, this guy actually made it to where, and he creates custom little vocal. He changes the vocal things for it to co-align with the the other parts of the song, and then it's crazy as shit. Awesome. Go check that shit out. But I got nothing else, guys, uh, from my end. I don't really have anything else either, guys. I mean, um, as far as the nerd world stuff is concerned, there's kind of an impasse happening we've had some tragedy news we've had Mm -hmm. some delays and stuff delays are still happening yep we have now officially the the model for what could be how we get to see black widow uh mulan officially you mean like in three months well well yeah i'm not gonna pay them 30 dollars to watch it i'm gonna wait till february but what I'm saying is, is that we now see <laughs> yeah. how that works on the service and what they're telling people. And they made two hundred million dollars you know, from Mulan, so for just really, I mean, that's the number I read. I'm not sure if that's just from straight from Disney Plus, but that, that that's damn impressive. That, I, I had heard, I, I I've heard that number thrown around that like they made two hundred million. So it was like, yeah, that's that's the way that they're going to do it. But the way that here's the thing, the Bill and Ted thing, right? Sure. So, um. 
So we were watching Bill and Ted. And, of course, it came out for theaters. And you could rent it for $20, right, on Vudu. Or you could pay five extra dollars and own the digital copy of it. And you don't have to pay a, a Vudu, a subscription service. So my big issue with Disney and the way they're rolling out, they are a subscription service where you're paying them a premium to, to watch something early to something that's going to go out free to the regular subscription service users anyway. Eventually. With yeah. Vudu, it's in there with my other uh, digital collection, and I don't have to pay them extra for it. Also, I was able to get a triple pack for 35 and get all three movies in 4K. Oh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Bogus, Bogus Journey, yeah. and then Face the Music. That's yeah. awesome. So it's like, I see what they're doing. I don't like that. It's in a, it shouldn't be. I I just don't think that. I mean, I get it. I get it how that's how we got to do it, man. You know, and Disney's going to do it their own way, and they're going to make their money. But I'm already paying them seven bucks a month. You know, I don't think that for seven bucks a month, if I'm already paying you for a, for a service that you're giving me, that I should pay you an extra thirty for it. I can understand maybe some more. I'm not. I'm not going to be like a, a a complete guy over here that's just going to be like I want it for free. But when you tell me you can pay me thirty dollars for it now, or or on December fourth you can watch it for free or watch it for your regular subscription price, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. And then, you know, for all these other movies, there's not a single movie that they could tangle in front of me that's going to make me want to do that. It in like in the immediate future. Black Widow. If there's some massive spoiler. At the end of that movie, or in a uh, end credit scene, that's like, oh my god, did you see this? We're, that means we're going to lead into this. It's going to be crazy. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to read it on black on or on comicbook.com, and I'll be like, oh, that's cool. We'll talk about it here on the show. But I'm not going to pay them thirty dollars to see that. To, to see that, no, not well, when I could just hate, wait a few months. Well, and I hate to say it, Brandon, not not to be. Um, the one that thinks about the darkest timeline, but like. Right now, for zero dollars, I can watch Mulan. <laughs> it's, 20, it's 2020, and people, as soon as there's a digital copy that exists, yeah, it is shared on the internet limitlessly. Sure, literally. I just looked because I was like, I don't want to say that I can find it if I can't. And one search, I found the torrent for Mulan. Meaning, what? That sure, yeah, some people are paying a lot of money if they choose to do that. But also there's a whole wave of people choosing not to spend sure. any money and they're still going to win out because eventually it's going to go to Disney plus anyways. And they're getting what they already got for yeah. free for free. So it, I, I know that the whole coronavirus has thrown everything off, but I feel like not everything is going to be 100 percent optimized. So until, you know, we find a balance just to clarify, uh, not only is the subscription service versus not subscription service one reason why I decided to give Bill and Ted my money. Another reason is just how freaking an amazing person Keanu Reeves is compared to how much of a shithole company Disney is. <laughs> um, there's the, there's a quite difference there. You yes. know, there, here's a company that cares nothing except about uh, the only thing they care about is money. And here's a guy who the, one of the last things he think of thinks about is, in, is enriching himself. Like he makes a shitload of money, and he gives most of it away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I thought the same way. Uh, and you know, Skylar and I talked about it when Trolls World Tour uh, released early, and it was twenty bucks. Mm -hmm. And you know, we sat down and talked, and it's like, you know, we can watch this one time for twenty dollars, 
um, you know, or we can just wait and watch it later and, and, and not be out $20. Um, you know, I, I, I can buy it for 20 bucks. Sure. You know, Ruby doesn't need to watch something in 4k Blu-ray. So if I really want to buy it, it's probably going to get destroyed anyway. 20 bucks. I'm done. Um, we went and saw it at the drive-in, um, you know, in the safety and, and sanctity of our own vehicle and, uh, paid less than $20 including my concessions and i'm really glad because it was awful (laughs) um so i'm with most people if if i if i paid thirty dollars and i got to keep mulan today uh digitally and they said you know what uh for an additional five dollars we'll send you a 4k blu-ray i would i would do it right now um but I most certainly, you know, I, I'm doing everything in my power to not buy Disney movies anyway, because it justifies me paying for Disney Plus every month. Sure. Um, but you're you're not going to bamboozle me, Disney. I'm sorry. You know, I I didn't go see Endgame when it when it re released in theaters for a reason, because it was unnecessary. Uh, and your your extra digital footage that wasn't even finished. Yeah. Like shame on you. How dare you? Finish your damn uh, we, movie. Yeah, finish your damn movie. And you know what? We as a fan base stuck by you for over a decade. And you said, you know what? I could probably make a couple more million dollars if I just put this like mocap footage in here. Fuck off, Disney. Um, so I don't know. We for As far as Mulan goes, my household for sure will be waiting uh, until it releases for free because I ain't paying 30 bucks for Mulan. I've heard it's great, though. I've heard great things. Same here. I've heard it's good, but knowing that it's coming out in December, uh, I, I I can wait. I we, we we already waited this long, and I can wait a little bit longer. It's the same thing with Black Widow. Uh, I if this were Black Widow being released right before Endgame, I would be anticipating to see it, but I, but it's not. She is dead. Spoiler alert: She's fucking dead. She's fucking dead, bro. My she, hope is she's dead ski. I know that uh, Natasha has been like the widow. I don't think they ever officially called her Black Widow ever in the MCU officially. It would be a really br- I I'm, I don't quote me on that, but I don't know they ever used Black Widow. Just, it's always just Natasha trying to remember. or Agent Romanoff or whatever. But mm-hmm. um it would be a total swerve if the end of the movie is that it's not her that is the Black Widow and it's it is Yelena who's the other one of the other main female leads and you know Scarlet's kind of tossing the baton to her. Um, that's what I hope is going to make the movie better and different is is if they do that. Because like you said, Brando, she's dead. What's the point of telling the story that we don't need now that was going to be more impactful if you would have told it before Endgame? Dude, it would have made... She's dead, bro. It would have <laughs> made Endgame just that much more feels, man. Because yeah, it, she would have... Like, this whole time, it's like, you know, they need to have... A, a big female hero character get her own movie in the MCU because we don't because it, it, we had like ten years of movie that was just devoid of it, and then they bum rushed Captain Marvel in uh, to do her own fucking movie, and then they bum rush her into Endgame to have a few spots at the end where if you would have told the the, the Widow movie which is just like Ant Man told before Endgame lead into Infinity War and it, you would have been like. On board, especially since Endgame has a lot more uh, Natasha in the movie, and she's very, mm-hmm. very key to them succeeding because yep. she has to fucking die. 
And then you as a fan, like, we just saw her movie. She just had her own movie. And we thought maybe we guess we're not getting a sequel now. I can't believe we're not getting a sequel. What the, she's dead. And, and, then, and then we were like, but wait a minute. Can't we use the stones? And Hawkeye's like, you can't use the stones. Go talk to the red guy. You take your hammer, you go talk to him. I'm like, no, no, we can't do it. So real quick, uh, when you were doing that that voice, like the oh no, your your microphone is doing some modulation. Oh no, to where you movies? Remember, you remember uh, when we were kids and we had like the alien voice modulator? <laughs> That's what you sounded like in my headphones. <laughs> yeah, and it was great. So I hope I hope I hope the recording caught that. I don't know. Because not only do I want it, I, I want a, an audio clip of that for myself for reasons. Um, but every person that listens to this podcast deserves it. They deserve to hear oh. what, what Nate and I just heard. Oh, dude. Um, I just, you know what? I'm just. <laughs> I just. But black to black widow. I did it again. But to black. 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 <laughs> in regards to the, the the movie called Black Widow, yeah, um, I just want to see David Harbour. To be honest with you, yeah, um, I uh, I want to see Russian Captain America do Russian Captain America shit. You know, watching um, Stranger Things, I realize he is like my spirit animal. Yes, you know it. To, if, if, if I could say that without sounding offensive to how to what people think, that's a, whatever. I I identify a lot with that man. Even though yep. I'm not, I'm I'm not the guy that's drinking himself every morning and just when I see him rolling in to that to that police station, first thing is like mornings are for contemplation. <laughs> I'm like that. That's me right there <laughs> with a donut in his hand. Like, <laughs> like Joyce. Joyce called seven times. I'm sure she did. <laughs> and then she's in there and he's like typing up the report. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, um, you know, I, I, as much as I like Scarlett Johansson, and you know, Nate and I have been talking about the Black Widow movie, uh, fuck for almost a year now at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and obviously our enthusiasm with the movie has has ebbed and flowed, and and uh, you know, at one point when they first released that trailer, um, you know, I, I, during the podcast, I said I, I, I have not been excited to see this movie up until this point. Um, and you know, I, I maintain that I, I am excited to see it. Um, you know, if, if they released it in theaters today, uh, and I could go tomorrow and see it, I probably would cruise up to the movie theater. And if there was eight cars in the parking lot, I would go in and watch it. Um, you know, that's not realistic for a lot of people. Uh, and you know, and, and, and no ways am I trying to make anybody feel bad. You know, uh, I miss the movies as much as anybody does. That's why I'm willing to risk the pandemic to go see it. Um, but I, I, I totally agree with everything that Brando said. This movie should have been released three years ago. Um, or two years ago or, or, or somewhere prior to, to Infinity War and Endgame, you know, I, I love that you brought up uh, Ant-Man because how perfect would it have been to have one summer Black Widow, the next summer have uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and it just make total sense. Well, you know, um, well, I mean, Ant-Man and the Wasp was released after Infinity War, right. but set before Infinity War, mm-hmm. and it, it was to the point where they, they did the after credit scene 
they didn't work. It. That's one way that they worked it in by not working it into the movie. They worked it into the after credit scene or in credit scene to where he got stuck in there. Right. And that's how he ends up that, you know, it like it flows right in. You could have Black Widow in the in the Captain Marvel spot right before Endgame because we just saw you know, Infinity War. We could take a step back to before Infinity War because everyone's going to rewatch Infinity War before we go see Endgame anyway. But, mm-hmm. it, you know, just like, I mean, Captain Marvel went back to the 90s to set up that whole shit to then right. come forward and have it like, it's like back in the 90s, I give you this beeper. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, I mean, it was a cool moment for the end of Infinity War for us to get excited about for a second, and then the reality was wasn't anywhere near to what I feel like the payoff was. But I just feel like having a movie that focused on her to get you really more invested into her from where you already were, and then to set up like, okay. Now we know where she's at, and then we then she went to Infinity War, and then we rewatch Infinity War, see her track on that. Now we're going into Endgame, and then it's all, it's almost like this weird trifecta trilogy for that character. Well, you got to think too, like her character was so important to Civil War. Yes. Um, and and, and Scarlett Johansson did such a good job. Mm-hmm. You know, she she it's it's hard to uh, I, it's hard to articulate, but. Chris Evans and Sebastian Stan and the whole cast of Civil War, they didn't they didn't steal uh, any limelight from each other. Like they were all e- they were all equally important to the script. Um, you know, they all meant something to the movie and they all did a fantastic job. If you took Scar or Black Widow from away from that movie, you know, it it, it would be an entirely different plot. Yeah, it would have to be. Um. And then moving forward, you know, her character, it's just important. Like, ever since, um, man, um, Age of Ultron, you know, her her importance to the the narrative increased. And then all at once it went away. And then all at once it came right back. Yep. So, like, it it feels like to me, especially, you know, when we put it under a microscope and dissect it, like where Captain Marvel was forced into in the timeline, the Black Widow movie probably was already there to begin with. And then, well, we've got this uber powerful character and it's Brie Larson. You know, everybody likes Brie Larson. Let's fucking fuck it. Let's put her right here. Well, they were you trying know? to, the, uh, Whedon tried to, tried to shoehorn Mar- Captain Marvel into Age of Ultron at one point. Right. And, it just like there was too much going on. We were introducing Vision and doing all this other stuff that it was like too much. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I I don't agree with shoehorning because here you know, here we were going into Endgame, and you have you know you know Brie Larson playing a character who she doesn't understand yet, and it's and it's very obvious if you watch the movie Captain Marvel and then go into Endgame, they don't really she doesn't really act one hundred percent the same for both of them. She doesn't really know exactly what she's doing yet with this character, and or what she's doing as as a professional. Oh well, I mean, you said that, not me. <laughs> um, come, come and get me, Brie Larson. I'll fucking. This is America. I'll take my shirt off and I'll fight you. Hopes that she'll take her shirt off too, or no, 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 no. <laughs> we can't, we can't say that. Okay, wow, wow. I was just, I just wanted to make sure that we were on the same level because I didn't we think can, we no, could no, no. say that. I checked I, the R and D. 
I am challenging um, Brie Larson to Thunderdome. Uh, she can wear the Captain Marvel uh, suit if she wants. Um, what Tyler you know? does not realize the implications of what Thunderdome in 2020 means makes it so much better. I actually showed him what Thunderdome is now. He did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I showed I, him. I, I, I will hit Brie Larson with a chair. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pick somebody better god damn it pick somebody better and that's where we are and that's where we're at uh, that, that's where this show this episode of JIC has fallen to it started off taking with, a chair shot to Captain Marvel well it started off with reading you know Michael B. Jordan's you know goodbye to his friend and <laughs> then going to challenging uh, you know shirtlessly challenging Brie, Lar- <laughs> Brie Larson to a Thunderdome <laughs> equipped with a folding chair <laughs> the, uh, the episode title of this week is Brie Larson gets the chair Wow, I was gonna. I was actually the one that the one that I was going with was was, was armless Manhattan. I like it. <laughs> yeah, the armless Manhattan's the drinking in fancy New York. Uh, I'm all about it. Well, guys, is there anything else you want to add or dive into today before we jump off of Journey into Comics? I think it's about it, man. No, 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 no. Okay, well, as always, folks, you can check out the Journey Into Comics podcast on journeyintocomics.com. Get us on all the amazing different podcasting services, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, CastBox, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and many others. Just search Journey Into Comics Network. Get our one feed of amazing shows. Also, make sure to get Game Addicts on all those same platforms just by searching Game Addicts Podcast. And I, I think that's it, guys. I think that 312 is a wrap. So, unless you guys have anything to add? Mm-mm. All right. Well, for Journey into Comics 312, Armless Manhattan, I'm Nate. I'm T.Y. I'm Brando. And as always, pop your caps back and fill your brains. Wish it. Later, guys.